This morning we're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Actually, I'm going to pretty much tell the story of the whole chapter, but I just wanted to read these first eight verses to give us a launching point. And I want to preach this morning about the plight, the prayer, and the promise. The plight, the prayer, and the promise. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Now there was a certain man of Ramatham Zophon of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Joah, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. Somebody say, uh-oh. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. Somebody say double portion. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she went and wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You know, many times we feel like we're all alone in our suffering. Anybody ever felt like that? Uh, and, and we, But we read throughout the scriptures that time and time again, people... Uh, are in struggle, they're suffering, they have a plight. A plight is simply a desperate situation. A, a situation that you didn't want to be in, that you didn't desire to be there, but you're in this plight, this circumstances that are beyond your control. Anybody, am, am I preaching yet this morning? Uh, I think we've all experienced those kinds of, uh, of dark places, those kinds of places where we feel a little bit hopeless, where we uh, feel kind of desperate and we don't know what to do. And so uh, what we do is we begin to call upon the Lord. And it, many times we feel like God doesn't hear us. Am, am I preaching yet this morning? Uh, that uh, sometimes we feel like uh, it's been too long. Maybe it's too late. Maybe God didn't really want to answer our prayer. So we see that here is Elkanah. He's a godly man. Why do I say that? Because he's taking his family to go worship at Shiloh. That's the designated place for the Israelites to go and to worship and to praise the Lord and to make sacrifices there. And so they go and what should have been a joyful family trip turns out to be really toxic. Anybody ever taken a what should have been a joyful family trip? I'm preaching right now because everybody's like looking around like, don't look at me, you know. And, and it turned out to be a toxic situation. Uh, maybe the air conditioner went out on your way there. Uh, maybe, 
maybe uh, you had some folks going with you that uh, got to car sick. I'm just explaining some things that I've experienced in my uh, day, uh, some toxic situations that happened as we were supposed to be alone on a joyful family trip. And so we, we see this situation developing. Elkanah had two wives. Two wives. His first was Hannah. His second was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah was barren. Now, polygamy is not normal these days, except in certain regions. But polygamy was a fact of life in the ancient world. But the Bible never puts this polygamy, in other words, having more than one wife uh, in a favorable light. Why? Because it goes against God's original plan of one man, one woman, for one lifetime. So here they're on this trip in strife and conflict, which always throughout the Bible, I challenge you to read that, uh, is along with these polygamous relationships, there's strife, there's conflict, and Elkanah's house was no different. Now, I know that you guys have a perfect household. Y'all never get in a struggle or a fight or have any kind of strife, do you? Uh, so you really can't associate with this. Do you, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think we can all understand this. Now, we might not have two wives, and hopefully you don't, uh, because that'll get you in trouble to begin with. But here they are in this trip, and things begin to happen. Hannah is barren. She has been for years. And barrenness was considered a curse from the Lord, a punishment from God. But Hannah was a godly woman as well. We see that, that she prayed, that she cried out to the Lord. But she couldn't have children. But she had a rival. The other woman who had not only children, but sons and daughters. Imagine in this situation that as Hannah's heart begins to ache and she wants to have children, but all there is in the family is the other woman's children. Now, we love children, but what a heartache. We want to have them for ourselves. We want to be able to love on them and to be able to say that they're ours. It was unbearable. But Hannah was barren, but yet her husband treated her with favor and love. I believe that he had only married his second wife because Hannah couldn't bear children. But as we look at this situation, Peninnah begins to taunt Hannah. And all uh, the more as this trip goes on and continues on. The King James Version and the ESV Version say that Peninnah was her adversary. That's an interesting word. Because in 1 Peter, uh, it tells us that someone is our adversary. Who is that? The devil is our adversary. Uh, it, it tells us to be sober-minded. In other words, understand that you do have an enemy. Can I get an amen this morning? Be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 
adversary. Here she is, barren, and that's bad enough, but yet she has Peninnah who continues to run her mouth. Now, I know you don't know any people who just run their mouth all the time. Surely not. And she's in this situation, and can I tell you that many times all your adversary has is a mouth to just keep running. No real power, but keeps running his mouth. Because the devil likes to whisper in your ear. He likes to tell you that you're never going to be successful. That you're never going to be fruitful. That you're never going to realize the dream that God himself placed in your heart. In my preaching this morning. You see, the enemy comes and he, he prowls around and he tries to seek someone that he might devour them. But yet it didn't change Elkanah's love for his first wife. She still had a favored position. Can I tell you that God still loves you no matter where you're at? Amen. And on top of this unhealthy rivalry, here is Elkanah. I hesitate to say the typical man, but he seems kind of clueless. Why are you sad, Hannah? Why are you crying? Why won't you eat? Am I not better to you than ten sons? The last one she should have hit him. I mean, here he is, uh, a totally clueless. Uh, he really that he didn't know what was wrong with her. Surely he did. He begins to ask her, "What what's wrong with you? I'm not better than ten sons to you." Now realize, all this is going on, and the family is on their way to worship. Anybody ever had the devil just show up when you're on your way to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord? Uh, it, it happens, doesn't it? Especially, it seems that we really have our heart is set and, and we're excited about worshiping the Lord and how God is going to move. And then all of a sudden, the enemy begins to prowl and to seek and to try to destroy us. Hannah was a good man trying to raise a godly family. And I tell you that even godly families have problems. That godly families can be responsible for putting the funk in dysfunctional. You know what I'm saying? And here's this dysfunctional family coming before the Lord to worship. And there's underlying issues and problems going on. Anybody ever been there? Put yourself in Hannah's place. Maybe it's not too difficult this morning to put yourself there. Maybe you faced situations that were extremely difficult, unfair, made you feel devastated, worthless, useless. Maybe you're there now. Hannah, her plight was that she was barren. She was broken and she was bitter. Because of her plight. And Hannah was anguishing over the situation, but the Bible continues the story to tell us that she did what was right. Can I tell you that you cannot control your plight? 
You do not control the situation that you're in. As a matter of fact, if you search a little bit deeply, you'll see that God actually closed up the womb of Hannah because he had a perfect plan to come at the perfect time and to realize the perfection of his plan in a way that would be amazing. You can't control your plight, but you can control how you react to it. So she is anguishing, yet she goes into prayer. She took it to the Lord in prayer. When you feel overwhelmed, when you feel so burdened that you can barely breathe, when you feel distraught, follow Hannah's example here and cry out to the Lord. When it seems unfair and tears are streaming down your face and you need to take it to the Lord in prayer. Can I get a witness this morning? When you're mistreated, go to the one who knows what it is like to be mistreated, who knows what it is like to be abandoned and forgotten, and cry out to him. You don't like these situations. It's uncomfortable even to talk about her plight, but it's a reality at times. Emotional pain can do two things. It can cause you to give up and be hopeless, or it can cause you to turn to the Lord. It can drive you to your knees. Couldn't take it anymore. So what did she do? She went to the temple to pray. There she took her shame and her hopelessness and her lack of fulfillment and the taunting looks of her uh, enemy and the hurtful words of her adversary, and she unburdens herself before God. God, I don't want to know what to do with this situation. I have no idea, and I'm disturbed, and I'm upset, but I'm going to lay it at your feet. I'm going to give it to you. You see, there's a way to not carry the burden upon ourselves, but to uh, give it unto the Lord. He said, uh, to give me your burdens, uh, that I will care for you, that I will pick you up, that I will take care of you. So we must give our burdens to the Lord. Give them to him. Here she comes before the Lord, offering the shattered pieces of her heart, the dreams that are unfulfilled, and she simply has a good cry. I'm not ashamed to admit that I've been known to cry. Sometimes happy tears and sometimes sad tears. On my way to see my grandbaby for the first time this week, the tears welled up in my eyes, and I was not sad, but I was happy because of the fulfillment of some of my prayers. But the same thing when we're sad. When we don't know what to do, and we uh, have turned it over to the Lord, and can I tell you that the Bible says that laughter is a medicine to the soul, but I believe that crying can be a medicine and a release to the soul. So she comes before the Lord. And it's a prayer of submission. I wonder how many times we go to the Lord demanding. But she prays a prayer of submission. She comes before the Lord. And she says, remember me, your handmaiden, your servant. Re remember me. Don't forget me. 
Beloved, I want you to know that God won't forget you in your time of need. That you're always on his mind. That he will work out his plan and his perfect timing for your situation. So this prayer of submission to the Lord. But not only a prayer of submission, but a prayer of sacrifice. If you will give me your maidservant a son, then I will return or give him back to you. That's sacrifice. No other children. No one to dote on in the house if she takes this son and she gives him to the Lord and takes him to the temple to give him to the priest to be raised in order to be a servant of God. That's sacrifice. I'll give him to you, Lord. The, the situation begs us to look at have we dedicated our children to the Lord? Because though they're ours, they're not really ours. They're his and they're to be dedicated to his use. So she was really giving back to the Lord what was already his. Children aren't just for parents. They're for the Lord. Given to us that we might raise them that they would be used for the Lord. So here's this prayer of submission, this prayer of sacrifice, but it was also a prayer of persistence. You continue on through the story, you will see that she continued to pray. Reminds us of the coming to the Lord to keep knocking and keep uh, persisting and keep pursuing the Lord uh, that he might answer our prayers. Keep knocking, keep persisting, keep pursuing the Lord. Can I tell you, don't give up because it's not too late. God sees you. He sees you in your plight. And as you begin to pray and you begin to persist, then God moves in your situation, but not in your timing. You see, it's not always our timing. And she's praying. And the word continue to pray. In the Hebrew, it means that she was multiplying to pray. Continuing. It was rolling through her. She was praying and praying and praying. And she was so intense and so persistent in the prayer that Eli the priest looks at her and he thought she was drunk. Talking about insult to injury. Here's this woman in this terrible situation. Her husband has not a clue. Uh, her adversary continues to berate her. And now she's come to pray to the Lord. And the priest says, woman, you need to get up and get out of here because you're drunk. Not a good situation. If her plight wasn't enough, then here's her pastor telling her to clean up her act and stop drinking. But then she begins to describe the situation that she is praying for God to move, and she's desperate. She doesn't tell Eli what she really has need of, but he tells her, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition. Go in peace. And she took him at his word. She believed that it was a word from God himself. Go in peace. It is the word shalom that you hear many times. Go in peace. And not only is it a content a state of mind, but it also means nothing lacking, nothing missing. Go in 
peace. That little mother that you've been missing, that you've been lacking, go in peace. For there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. For God will supply. Go in peace. And may the God, who is our God, the God of Israel, may he supply for your prayer. He, he, he still answers prayers. Uh, uh, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your petition. And something happened in Hannah's heart. And I tell you that prayer not only changes uh, your family's dynamics, and it does. Pray for your babies. Pray for your children. Pray for your adult children. Pray for your nieces and your nephews. Pray for uh, your uncles and your aunts. Pray, just pray, just pray. And God will hear your prayer. So not only was prayer changing her family dynamics, but this prayer would change the history of her nation. Samuel would be born. Known as one of the greatest prophets of Israel. Uh, this man who uh, led Israel for many years and who was the spiritual guide to the first and the second king of Israel. To Saul and to David. So here is Hannah. Probably seemingly almost ready to give up, but she persists in prayer. She takes it to the Lord, and God changes their situation. Can I tell you this morning that I came to tell somebody that God's about to change your situation? That God, and I felt that in my spirit. How many will receive that? that? That God is moving in your situation, and it may seem like your prayers are hitting against a brass ceiling, but God is moving in his perfect timing, and he is making ways where there seems to be no ways, and he is reconciling, and he is delivering, and he's setting people free, and he's operating in the background for your situation. Here, God is doing things that Hannah never even imagined, but she takes the Lord's word, she takes Eli's word as the Lord, and it tells us that she was no longer sad. She had joyfully received the promise See, faith is necessary in order to receive the promises of God. It's necessary. Hebrews 6.12 tells us that through faith we inherit the promises of God. How many are ready to inherit some of the promises of God? It's not by working really hard, but it's by faith. Did you hear that this morning? Faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, I like to add this in there, not yet seen. But they're about to take place. Somebody say, I'm reaching out in faith. I'm reaching out in faith, Pastor. I'm believing God to move on my behalf. How do you get your joy back? We look at Hannah and we we see that we pour out our heart before God and then we receive his word with faith. 
Can I tell you that nothing had changed on the surface. It didn't look like anything had happened. But she received the word with faith. And the next day, the family rose up and they worshiped. Faith will cause you to worship when you don't even see the answer to your prayer yet. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. Even when I don't see the answer, I'm going to praise him in advance. I'm going to believe him in advance. I'm going to believe that he's doing things in the background. And that's what Hannah did. She said, I'm, I'm going to raise up and I'm going to worship the Lord and I'm going to believe him. And she recognized the fulfillment of the promise. She gave birth to Samuel. Now look at her story. She went to the sanctuary barren and burdened and broken. And she returned blessed. I'm going to say it again because you need to hear it. She went to the sanctuary barren and burdened and broken. But she returned blessed. That's what I'm believing for you today. No matter how you came, it doesn't matter how you came. You might have just barely been able to get up and get here this morning. Am I preaching this morning to some of you? But no matter how you came, you can leave blessed. You can leave blessed because you have faith in Almighty God who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or even imagine. He's that kind of God. 